0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. My guest today is Michael Unbroken. Michael, how are you doing?
1: I'm amazing, my friend. It's a pleasure to be here with you, brother.
0: Awesome. Looking forward to our discussion. Uh, So fill our audience in uh, a little bit about who you are and what you're doing.
1: Yeah. So I'm an author, speaker, coach, podcast host, a bunch of other things, entrepreneur, business owner. Uh, but primarily my mission and my drive in life is ending generational trauma in my lifetime through education and information.
0: Awesome. And and you just had a book recently published. This is this your second book, I believe, right?
1: Uh, I've, I've published two books. The third book is on its way. Um, we pushed it back. Um, and so that'll come out later in the year. That's called Unbroken Man. Um, and I decided to push it back because – there was a chapter missing in my mind and I wanted to write that chapter. And so I just finished doing that. And so it delayed the production process, but it, it felt too important to not have it in there. So yeah, it, it'll right. be three books later in the year.
0: That's awesome. Uh, all right. Well then let, let's dive in a little bit and, and really like unpack um, what inspired you to go down this route. I know you have a, a personal story related to this and how you got into it, but yeah, um, I guess with whatever you're comfortable with sharing, um, let's go back from the beginning and, and what really sparked that, um, idea to, to do this, to make a career out of it and and really raise that awareness for everyone. Yeah. Well,
1: the idea, like, I think many things in life was like a a. 3am like lightning bolt moment six years ago. I never anticipated doing this. Um, but it makes a lot of sense when you go back and you look at my story and my journey, you know, I think often for lack of a better way to phrase it, sometimes you're just built for this. Um, and so I grew up in Indiana, my mom was a drug addict and alcoholic. Um, she actually cut off my right index finger when I was only four years old. And so that starts to give you context. Right. And, and people always be like, well, how could your mom do that? Well, hurt people, hurt people. And when I was six, she married my stepfather. He was super abusive, like the kind of dude you pray is never your stepfather. He would kick the shit out of my brothers and I, put me in the hospital multiple times. It was just fear being in my house at all times. I remember being in school and just begging the clock to slow down because I didn't want to go home so desperately. I spent the majority of my childhood homeless and deeply in poverty. And in fact, between eight to 12 years old, we lived with about 30 three, zero different families. And I learned a lot about humanity in that timeline. By the time that I was 12, my grandmother adopted me, um, which to some extent was heaven sent. um, And to some, it wasn't because I'm biracial black and white. And she was a racist ass old white lady from a town in Tennessee. You never heard of. (laughs) So insert fucking identity crisis, right? Um, and so I turned to drugs. I started getting high when I was 12 messing around with marijuana, um, started popping pills, getting drunk all the time, exploring with some other things. And by the time I was 15, I was expelled from school for selling drugs. And I was like breaking into houses, stealing cars, running from the cops, getting shot at doing drug deals, like just trying to figure out life, right. Growing up where I grew up and, and I got put into this last chance program, uh, and basically it was like, look, dude, we're going to give you an opportunity to graduate high school. Are you going to take it? And, and that actually worked well for me for a while. My mom was in a uh, rehab and it's literally on my report card. I got fucking straight A's and then my mother relapsed and boom, I got straight F's. There's obviously a direct correlation between the chaos of home and how you perform. And so one of the really interesting, probably ironies of my life is that my senior year, My girlfriend calls me. We're like three days from graduation and I'm at home. I'm stoned. I'm playing Diablo um, because that's how I spent all my fucking time as a kid. And she's like, you're not graduating. I was like, what do you mean I'm not graduating? She's like, your name's not on the list. And I knew why my name was not on the list. So I get in my car, drive to school. I look at the list. My name's not on it. Mm. <laughs> I, I go up to Mr. Bush's classroom. I knew it was him. It could not be anyone else. Every other, this is how different the world is today. Every other teacher passed me in the circumstance of never showing up, not doing homework, none of that shit. And so, Mr. Bush, my business teacher, fails me. And I walk up to his classroom and I go, How dare you fail me? like this ornery ass 18 year old kid. And he he says, I didn't fail you. You failed yourself. And then he told me the most important thing to this day that anyone has ever told me. He says, you have to understand something about life. If you want something, you have to earn it. You can't get by in your charms and your good looks. And he made me go to summer school and dude, it was so fucking embarrassing because think about it. I'm now the biggest loser in the whole school. And I'm in summer school and this really weird thing happens where the teacher comes up to me. He's like, we're just going to pass you. We don't, we're done with you. And I was like, what? And I'm, I'm sitting here like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? I literally <laughs> just had the most embarrassing experience of my life for doing the thing that you're now telling me doesn't actually matter. And so I get, gra- I graduate, whatever I'm working this bullshit job. I'm putting microchips into motherboards all day long, 12 hours a day, working on an assembly line. And you can just see the desperation in people's eyes. Like this is the place where people's dreams go to die. And um, I get fired probably because I was stoned. And so, <laughs> so I'm sitting in my car. Uh, I'm like 18, a couple months past, And I'm like, hold on. What is the solution for this? Poverty, homelessness, abuse, all this chaos in my life. And I was like, oh, it's money. Like, what else would it be? It's fucking money. Right. And so I made a decision that day. I said, I want to make $100,000 a year legally by the time that I was 21. And that legal part was super important because I have family in prison for life. I've been in handcuffs more times than I can count. And my three childhood best friends have been murdered. Like, I knew what was going to happen to my life if I didn't change that. So I just started chasing money. I started getting skills. And at like 18 and a half, I was working in a fast food gig. I was leading a team of 52 people, you know, doing profit and loss and hiring and firing and training and development and all of it. Right. At 18 and a half, I was a leader. Right. I made every mistake, by the way. Trust me. (laughs) 18 year olds working with 18 year olds. You're going to do things that 18 year olds do. Let's put it that way. And so (laughs) I found myself like thinking, okay, this is not going to get me to where I want to go. And. I had a friend tell me he got a job for an insurance company. I was like, oh, cool. That's amazing. I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> and so I made a decision to myself. I said, that's the path. Go get a job at an insurance company. And by the time that I was 20, I landed a job with a Fortune 10 company. No high school diploma, no college education, started making $100,000 a year. And, you know, it's funny, Mike, as the other day, I went and I pulled up my old W-2 because I thought to myself, am I making this up? Is this, is this a lie? Have I just convinced myself that this is my reality? And I have to admit, I did lie. It was only $98,000. But the point was, I was 20 years old and I did that. But the problem was, it actually destroyed my life. You hear this all the time about people who get money, how it just brings out the worst in them. And That was fucking me, dude. And like for... Five years, all I did was party and have sex with people and do drugs. And I was 350 pounds smoking two packs a day, drinking myself to sleep high from the moment I woke up till the moment I went to bed. My life was a fucking disaster entirely. But I had $80,000 car and I had custom suits and I had a bunch of Jordans. And so I was living that life, that thing that people warn you about. But until like, honestly, dude, until you live it, you don't understand it. And so I hit rock bottom. And one day at 25, I was heading into 26. I was laying in bed after the worst night of my life. And I'm smoking a joint, eating chocolate cake weighing 350 pounds and watching the CrossFit games. Like, dude, if that's not rock bottom, (laughs) I I don't know what rock bottom is. And so for whatever reason, I I pull myself up and I go into the bathroom and I'm looking at myself in the mirror. And I remember being eight years old and the water company had come, turned our water off, but dude, they were always turning off our water, our electricity, our heat. We're getting evicted normal Tuesday. And uh, I took this little blue bucket out of the backyard, walked across the street to our neighbor's house. And for the first time, I stole water. And I remember being like, when I'm a grown-up, this will not be my life. Now, it wasn't financially, but it was in every other way. I was still that hurt-lost little boy. And as I looked in the mirror, having that memory, realizing I'd broken a promise to myself, I asked myself a question. said, what are you willing to do to have the life that you want to have? And the answer was no excuses, just results. And 12 years later, here I am talking
0: to you. That's amazing. It's, I think something, you know, there, there's definitely something there, obviously. Um, but I don't think enough people, uh, they don't go after, like you said, that moment where you're standing there in the bathroom looking at yourself in the mirror and have everything, that, even though it was just that one memory come back. So many people, I feel like, are living today with something trapped inside from a long time ago that they just put out, put out of their mind. Um, and anytime it, it comes back up, whatever it might be, they just push it away with either making more money or or indulging in whatever it might be. So to have that realization and say, you know what, enough is enough. I broke that promise. And now I'm going to do whatever it takes to get to, you know, right on the right track again. Um, I I can imagine it was a really tough uh, struggle to get, get back on the right road. Yeah. And
1: 20, I would say from 26 to 29 was actually the hardest space of time in my entire life. No question, because I was in this place where I had discovered the truth. I had no confidence. I did not believe in myself. Everyone growing up would be like, You're not good enough. You're not strong enough. You're stupid. This is why you're homeless. This is why you never met your real dad. You're a loser. Nobody loves you. You're a piece of shit. And dude, guess what? You hear this shit. You start telling it to yourself. You start telling it to yourself and you start acting like that. You start acting like that and that's your reality. And that's mindset, right? What you think becomes what you speak. What you speak become your actions. Your actions become your reality. And so I was living what everyone else told me to be. And so... I make this pivotal shift in my head at least in the beginning and it was just like the uh, the, the seed was planted right? right I don't I don't think you can uncover Fucking almost three decades of <laughs> suffering overnight. Like anyone who says, my life was terrible and then it was great is a liar. And so what happened is I put myself in this position of I was like, all right, just keep going forward, keep trying things, keep learning, keep failing. And it was everything was hurting all the time. Cause you got to think, it wasn't only. A mental shift that was happening in my life. It was a physical and emotional shift also because I was 350 pounds. like, And so I had to put myself in a position of taking care of my physical well-being while taking care of my mental well-being while learning how to be an emotional human being again. And so in that process, it was like one step forward in a million steps backwards because I'd be like, I'll never do that again. And then a day would go by and I would do the thing I said I'd never do. And then that space of time would grow. And like, that's healing. I want people to really sit in that today. You don't know who you are and tomorrow you're going to have a little bit of a better idea, but you won't know really still because you're also always iterating. And so I would, do these things or make these mistakes. And I would simply sit in it and I would go, okay, don't do it again. Okay. Where does that come from? Okay. Why am I acting like this? And I think what happens is so often people get in the beginning of this journey and they just destroy themselves when they fuck up. But dude, you've been fucking up for 35 years. You're Gonna need more than five days to get your shit together. Right. And and that's the thing that people really, really need to understand. And so that beginning phase of that journey to your point, which you're spot on, was just willing to go through hell every day. And I still go through hell as most of us do, but it's different. And that's the thing about this journey is can you heal enough in your life so things are different?
0: different. Right. And you know, you mentioned the three different parts, the physical, the mental, and then the emotional. Was there a part um, in your life that you kind of just shut the emotional side down completely? You just kind of said, this is who I am. This is how I'm living. And you kind of almost build up this resilience to say, you know what, nothing's going to bother me when deep down inside, you know, it's, it's getting to you, but you just kind of put up these walls and you almost trap yourself in the state of mind that you're in the emotional state that you're in.
1: Yeah, dude, you're spot on. Um, the most dangerous sentence that a human can utter is this is who I am. It's so dangerous because that's the ultimate fixed mindset. And I used to do that all the time. Like, dude, I'd break a girl's heart or piss off my brothers or do something really stupid with my friends. I'm like, this is who I am. Deal with it. And that to me, like that is so fucking dangerous because when you do that, there's no space for growth. You've already predetermined the outcome. Now for me and for many people who come from traumatic backgrounds, that's actually a defensive mechanism. And I want to bring light to that because people will look at, and especially men who are more apt to say that than women, men will say that. And then people around them will go, he's just an asshole. No, that motherfucker's hurting. bad that dude's hurt he's suffering right now and women too right and as a child my stepfather had this slogan he loved to say he's like if you cry I will give you something to cry about and when I give you something to cry about if you cry I will hit you until you stop crying and what happened is and my stepfather was super abusive dude he beat the fuck out of us all the time Like, all the time. If I was sick, he'd fuck me up. If I was hungry, he'd fuck me up. If I was late coming home, he'd fuck me up. Like, anything. The most dangerous fucking shit for, like, the five and a half years that he was married to my mom, the most dangerous thing that I could do was exist. And so what happened is I learned to stop crying. It was a defensive mechanism. You have to understand the service of the human brain. It serves one purpose, survival. And so if the brain services survival and it measures the stimulus of the environment that you're in, and it looks at those experiences and it says, wait a second, if I do this, then I am in danger. Then your brain says, do not do that because you will not be safe. Great. And the fucked up part about that is that serves you for a period of time. It actually keeps you safe when you're a kid in an environment like that. Right. Keeps you safe when you're a boy getting bullied by the kids in the locker room. It keeps you safe when whatever. And then what happens is it doesn't. And then you're really in trouble because when you're 20, 35, 47 years old and you still say, this is who I am. I don't cry You're actually bordering on this line of psychopathy, and that's really dangerous. And that's where I found myself, because it would be like these situations where there are these people in my life, they're emotional, and them crying, dude, it would elicit this volatile response in me in which I wanted to throw up, right? And what I would come to learn from doing the work, showing up, healing, going through this unbelievably long and arduous journey to understanding myself is I started to realize like crying is actually okay. It's safe. It's a human experience that we all should have. And now, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but there's this Adidas commercial where, like, this old dude's breaking out of the nursing home, and they won't, like, let him out. But then all the other old people in the nursing home, like, stop the security guards and, he like, bust through the door. And he's like, it's like Adidas. And, like, he starts running again. And uh, I just, dude, I fucking cry like a baby every time I see it. Like, I fucking cried watching Top Gun a couple weeks ago. Like, fu- It's fine. Right? right and but the thing is to get to that place you have to be willing to be vulnerable with yourself first and foremost and that was the journey that i had to step into was the willingness to be like it's okay and reframing shame and guilt and suffering in correlation with human emotion because of the way that i grew up This whole journey, and the number one thing I think if anyone could take away if they're listening, is to understand causation and correlation. There is a reason why you are doing or not doing everything in your life.
0: I think that is, I mean, I want to elaborate on that because that's something that I've been talking about recently um, in a few past episodes, especially in entrepreneurship, because I'm, I'm... you know my audience is mainly um new entrepreneurs and they have a little bit of success and then it goes away and they don't know why and it all comes back to why are, why did you stop doing the things that you know you should be doing what got you that success was just putting in the work every day and in this case in healing you have to put in the work every single day so there's something there and you know maybe you can Elaborate on it. Maybe you've, you've touched on it in your experiences, but what is it in the mind that just once we achieve what we think is our goal, if we don't set a new goal you know, every day uh, you know, to be a little bit better, we reach that goal and then our mind says, okay, we can give up and, and we stop doing the things that we know we should be doing every single day.
1: Well, most people aren't even going to reach the goal to begin with. Right, and I, I think that's one of the real things that we have to talk about, especially in entrepreneurship. I mean, I'm an entrepreneur. I own three businesses that are successful, and my view of success—let's be clear about that—I don't drive eighty-five thousand dollars cars and wear suits anymore. Um, you know, but but for me, success is—you know—can I pay my bills? Can I pay my team? Can I take care of the people in my life? And so, get really clear first and foremost, because clarity is everything in this game. Like success is. I mean especially in the world that we live in people are like success is Lamborghinis but it's not right. it's just not and you know the unfortunate part about that is like you really have to experience that to believe what I just said and and so when it comes to these moments of like you've been doing something cuz I want to be clear about your question these things about doing stuff and then getting that thing and then not continuing to do the thing and then losing success That happens for for two reasons, in my opinion. One of those reasons is you actually don't give a fuck about what you're doing. And you need to be really honest with yourself. Because if you did on a Saturday afternoon, on a beautiful day, (laughs) you would be out doing something different than what we're doing right now. Right. Right. But when you care, you show up no matter. The other side of it is that you probably actually don't have the systems in place. Look, there's a direct correlation, and this is in my mind, between entrepreneurship and this healing journey, personal development, right? Because as an entrepreneur, you have to have the right systems in place. You have to have systems and processes and SOPs and KPIs and performance. You have to have all of it. You need CRMs. You need you need accountability. You need the whole thing. You need to know how to run leads. You know how to the whole thing. I, I won't get into it because obviously that's the same thing that applies to mental health. What are your systems? What are your processes? What are your points of measurements for success? What are your plans for fallback? What are your What does your team look like? Who's your executive suite, right? My executive suite is my coach, my mentors, my therapist, right? My nutritionist, my personal trainer when I have one, right? What are the people around you look like? Who are you surrounding yourself? Who's your team? You got to go deep into this. People are always just like, I can do it all on my own. Well, first off, you can't. Good luck. Nobody ever does. And, And secondly, like, are you clear about the mission, right? I actually haven't shared this on any shows I've been on recently, but I'm in the middle of 75 hard. So I just recently ran a marathon and halfway through the marathon, I was like, this is actually too easy. And I know that's like a weird thing, but it's probably (laughs) because I've been training and I've been doing what you need to do to successfully run a marathon. But I was like, it's too easy. And I was like, I need to go harder. I need to do something really fucking difficult. And so I was talking with my friend, Keith Yaki, who, who coaches men, who is an awesome human being. And he was like, dude, I just finished 75 hard. I was like, yeah, I've read about it. It seems fine, whatever. And, and I was like, all right, I'll do it. Because he said something really interesting to me. He goes, I feel different about myself. See, that was the thing I was think I was chasing in the marathon, not the finish line, but how I feel. Right, And, and I, I didn't feel that different. I felt good. I felt accomplished, but I was like, it didn't push me. And the reason that I'm sharing this, I'm saying this is because a lot of times what you're moving towards isn't actually big enough. And that's a really strange thing for people to have to reconcile that their dream, that their goal, that their mission is actually too small. And so it doesn't actually fulfill them even on the journey let alone the accomplishment. Cause I remember distinctly in the middle of this fucking marathon being like, Oh, I could have did this in my sleep. And it's not that it's not hard. Cause it was fucking hard. And it took me two hours and 48 minutes and I had to do the whole thing, but it was like, it wasn't what I really desired. Right. And so you've got to get massive clarity about what you really desire. And when you do that, ask yourself, do I want it? because we desire a lot of things, but do we want it? Are we willing to put in the work? Are we willing to show up? Are we willing to every single day journal, meditate? And you hear this shit all the time. I'm not telling you anything new, but to go through the monotony and any successful entrepreneur will tell you something that I'm about to say, it's fucking boring. 98% of it is fucking boring. Are you willing to go through the mundane for your dreams? And this is why I started this in saying, you actually probably just don't give a fuck and you need to be real with yourself.
0: Right. And if you don't mind getting into it, what did your, the, I guess, the, the mundane part look like for you? Now, I know you, you said, you know, you got really into meditation and then you went all the way as far as, didn't you go to, um, south america to do ayahuasca to get even clearer uh once the meditation hit a certain point um to really break things down and then so what i've heard about ayahuasca is it, it's kind of like an unraveling of who you are you can put yourself back together and get clear on okay now i know this is um there it's a tool for clarity um in it in a way I guess. And-
1: so, so I'm, I'm going to interrupt you because I think it's important. Um, I've never done ayahuasca, but okay. I have done other. I have done other plant medicines. I've written and talked about wanting to do ayahuasca. So I just want to be very clear okay, before you okay. go deep down this rabbit hole. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a second, hold on. So, but I but I've done other plant medicines.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, I apologize, but I think what it was. Yeah, I just heard you talking about wanting to do it. Um, yeah. but you know that's a a big topic for anyone trying to get clear and then they go into meditation and they realize oh this is exactly what i needed but the thing with meditation is the more you do it the less you feel um a big awakening it's just kind of it's keeping you even minded is keeping your your head clear yeah. um and people don't realize that they think the, the more you do it that the more that you should um see crazy results and so people get tired of that and they go look for something more um What is, I guess my question for you is what was the systems that you put in place at the beginning that you realized, Hey, I just got to do this every single day. You know, you mentioned meditation, um, obviously physical fitness and you know, what, what was that journey for you?
1: Yeah. So that's a great question. In the beginning, it was acknowledging the truth. And what I mean by that is we all know the thing we're supposed to be fucking doing. Stop lying to yourself. That's number one. You know, you should. This is me. This is me talking to myself. You know, you should not be eating chocolate cake every single day. You to eat fucking chocolate cake and milk for breakfast every day. Right. You don't get to 350 pounds by accident. I promise. You know, it was, it was, you know, you need to quit smoking. You need to quit cheating on your girlfriend. You need to quit getting drunk every day. You need to quit spending money on frivolous bullshit that brings no value to your life. And the beginning is, see, here's what's really interesting. People will always be like, what are the tools? Give me all the things. I'm like, motherfucker, you know the things. You already know. You're just being avoidant because you're scared. And that's okay. You haven't done this before. You haven't put yourself in a position to be successful before. It's okay. It's okay. But what's not okay is not following through to discover your full potential. That's bullshit. It's a fucking excuse. And if you do that, if you want to live your life that way, it's also called being a victim. And it's easy to be the victim. Look, I'm, bad things fucking happen to awesome people every day. It fucking sucks. It's nonsense. But guess what? It happened. And you can't run from that. And I'm sorry that it happened. And you deserve all the sympathy and all the support and all the empathy that the world has to offer. You do. I promise you, you do. You deserve that. But you also have to understand that if you're looking from the outside of, for the rest of the world to give you that sense of self, of feeling like it's okay, then when you're alone, you're fucked. Right, Because when you're alone, the truth is going to show up. And when you don't have a community who's spurring on your victimhood, which it's true, that's part of the way this works, unfortunately. I experienced it for myself. And when you don't have that community anymore and you're in your own head and you're starting to think about your life, you've got to reconcile the fact that it is heartbreaking that bad things happen to you. Like, I look at my hand every day. My mom cut this finger off. Like, I have five surgeries. I can't feel it. I'm missing half the nail. It's discolored. Okay? Well, I can continue to be the victim. Woe is me. Blame the world. It's your fault. My mom's fault. Community's fault. Obama's fault, right? It's everybody's <laughs> fault, right? And then you have this moment of truth where you have to recognize something that will change your life forever if you're willing to sit in it. And the truth is that you are no longer a child. And that's one of the hardest things that we will ever do, because that means from this moment forward, you have to take responsibility for what's next. That's not culpability about the past. Like it is not your fault. Bad things happened to you and you deserve, again, I cannot iterate this enough. You deserve, you deserve compassion and love and grace and sympathy and everything else that comes along with this human experience. But if you want to keep playing the fucking victim, then you are going to live a victim's life. And when you die, you are going to die with regret. And that is a life unlived, my friend.
0: Right. That's very powerful. I'm going to use that as a soundbite right there. Um, I think, you know, obviously, I don't want to sum it up, but I would say the majority of the, the world dies with regret. They live the, the victim's life and they die with regret. Probably. And even even uh, very successful people and successful in their personal lives, in their business. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Dan Pena. Um, he's mm-hmm. big into mergers and acquisitions. And he says, looking back now, he, I think he's almost 80. He um, goes, My biggest regret is not figuring out my or finding my full potential and not dreaming big enough. and and everything they call him the trillion dollar man because of everybody that he's helped along. And he still says, you know, I still have uh, the regret of not going full out. Um, So it's just, I I guess the the next question would be, how do you, how would you coach someone through that? Like, you you know, it's terrifying getting over that in that moment of realizing I'm no longer a child. I have to do these things for myself. I have to show up every single day and do these things that i already know they're already inside that i should be doing but there's always that fear there um and a quote that i've always struggled with to understand is that you know we have nothing to fear but fear itself and it wasn't until within the past two years that i realized what that means um but i feel like a lot of people struggle with that you know the uh what is it fear or um Anguish from looking back on the thinking of the past and you have anxiety from worrying about the future and you're constantly in this fear, whereas not many people are able to just live in the moment and do what they need to do. And so what advice would you give to someone that is right there? They wanted to go forward, but they're, they're stuck in that fear.
1: Let go. Let go. You're holding on so fucking tightly so tightly to the past, so tightly to the future that you're forgetting that you're in the moment. And of course there's anxiety. And if you, you have chemical imbalances, like go and investigate that, figure that out, right? If you need medication and it feels like it suits fine, whatever, you know, that, that, that's the thing, right? But let go. If you want freedom in life, it's you'll never get it through money. You'll never get it through accomplishments or accolades. You'll never get it through a partner. You'll never get it through the kind of car you drive or the clothes you wear. You'll never get it through even the number of fucking books that you read and how many personal development courses you go to and how many podcasts you listen to and all that shit. You're never gonna get freedom from that. You're gonna get freedom from letting go and acknowledging one truth. And this is what Tom you taught me. He's been my mentor for years and I'm so fucking thankful for that dude. He taught me something so incredibly important that it really changed the way I think about life. Said, the struggle's guaranteed, the success is not. And if you're only ever focused on the end goal, meaning trying to control it, All the time, instead of building who you are about the movements that you make every day towards being the person you believe that you're capable of being, you're you're going to fall short every single time because there's always, this is the nature of the world. There's always going to be somebody bigger, somebody better, somebody did more, somebody who made it greater, somebody blah, 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 right? And comparison is the thief of joy, as you know. The thing about fear that I want to circle back to, and the reason why people get stuck in that is because they are terrified to let go of the reality that they're probably going to fail. But failure is the greatest tool that you have. Failure is unbelievable because it'll teach you how to succeed. And you hear this all the time in personal development, but I don't think people do a really good job of helping people understand it. When, when you fail, What happens is your brain makes meaning of the experience and it says to itself, okay, that is not the solution. And the reason that people get stuck and the reason why people get totally engulfed by fear is because the first time that they fail, instead of trying to find other solutions, they tell themselves, I'm not good enough. And so because they're telling themselves, I'm not good enough, which is actually true, and that's why you're failing, what you have to understand is you're not good enough yet. Right. See, as the ability that we have to iterate and understand and make meaning and the brain's real true ability of being plastic. And when you understand neuropsychology, you're able to understand that you're able to rewire the way that your synapses fucking fire. You're able to literally make yourself who you want to be. You have to let go of the past while simultaneously letting go of the future and living in the moment with the willingness to face the fear, not because you're going to fail, but instead because you understand that you will find a new way to not do the thing that you just tried to do. And when you do that, that's where you start to find freedom and success. And if you are willing to do that, which the most successful people on planet earth are because they go all in on themselves. That's where you're going to find everything that you need to know about who you are.
0: And would you say that it would be, um, you know, you're, you're letting go. People could view that almost as an identity crisis because your identity can, you know, you are changing who you are, you know, like you said, um. Saying this is who I am, well this is my identity. Well, in order to get to the next level, you're changing that, and you know, people they talk about it. You hear it on the the news and and all these you know shows and stuff that an identity crisis is the worst thing you can go through, and which makes people you know freak out. But basically, what you're saying is by letting go, by being open to change who you are and find who you truly are, truly are, and becoming that person that, you know, you can be, that's not a crisis. That's, I mean, that's growth.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the th- like, why would you want to be who you are today, tomorrow? Why? You've already did this. You already, you already had today. You already understand who you are today. So to try to be, again, this comes back mapping this right to this thought of, This is just who I am. It's the same reason why you see championship fighters, when they lose a championship, they're devastated. There's a fighter. I love mixed martial arts. I'm obsessed with it. And there is a fighter who's arguably one of the greatest champions of all time who lost, who then lost again and again and again and again and again. And all he does now is lose because his entire idea, I can tell you exactly why, his entire identity was tied to being the champion. And the moment he was no longer the champion, he had no idea who he was. And what you have to do is tie your identity to your effort, to what you do, to how you show up in the world, to how you treat yourself and others, not the championship belt, not the business, not the number in your bank account, not the car. The reason why people have fucking identity crisis is because they're like, I have this Porsche and then I don't have the Porsche anymore and I don't know who I am. Right. Because you tied yourself to a material possession that has no value on the planet. That was me too, man. Because look, here's what happened when I was, I was like 26. I was like, I don't know who I am if I'm not party Mike. Right. And I don't even allow people to call me Mike anymore because I actually fucking hate being called Mike. But I used to let people call me Mike because it's what I thought I needed to do. So people liked me. I thought I needed to party. So people liked me. I thought I need to do drugs and hook up with strangers. So people liked me. Right. That shit don't work. I promise you. It's fucking (laughs) stupid. Stop it. And what happens is what you realize is when your identity is tied to how you feel about yourself because of your actions and the effort that you take to be the person that you know you're capable of. I could lose everything right now. And it would not destroy me. Why? Because I've spent so much time building myself, not on the number of the bank in the bank account, not because of the number of podcast listens, not because of the kind of car I drive, which is not even a fancy one. And it's about how I feel about myself. Did I show up today? Did I push myself? Did I execute? Did I do what I said I needed to do? Did I lead effectively? Did I follow through on the mission? Did I show up on a Saturday at fucking five o'clock in the evening because I said I would? That is how you build and structure your identity, not on the things that you have. So if you're in the midst of having a fucking identity crisis, it's because you're so tied into your material possessions and who it is that you think you need to be so that other people like you, that you're terrified of being who you actually are when you remove all that bullshit from the
0: equation right and and so many people are afraid of losing people too uh you know like you said it, a lot of it is the mater- the uh material possessions like the car or the house or but so many people i've seen that have gotten into the business or or just self development and wanted to better themselves it, there's a real struggle there they say you know this is who i'm used to hanging out with these are my friends these are my people and they know that. Look, I start bettering myself. These people don't want to be around me anymore, and I lose everything. Yep. That's, well. Let D1. go. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Let go. I'm telling you, man. Like <laughs> it's actually, I want to get it fucking tattooed on me next because it's something I think about literally every fuck. Let fucking go. Let go. Look, there are people are in your life for seasons. You hear this all the time. People bring what you need when you need it. The other day, I was on Facebook, and. Uh, a friend who I haven't talked to probably ten years messaged me, and uh, it's fine. I got no beef, no qualms with the guy, and uh, and I looked at the message. He was like, "Hey, how's it going?" I was like, "Good, dude. Just you know, building my life, building my future, building my empire." And we had some back and forth, and out of curiosity, I looked at his profile, and you know what's interesting? Still doing the same fucking shit we did a decade ago. What? And you want me to hang out with you? And I right. told him this. I said, dude, look, we're we're on different I literally told him this. I said, dude, we're on different paths. I wish you the best. I love you dearly. Always will. And and the truth is, and and one of the things I sit with in moments like that, because people are going to look at you. They're gonna be like, You're different. You're changing. I don't like it. You know what used to happen to me is I would still want to be involved with my friends. And they would go out to the bar and I would sit there and I would drink soda, water, and lime and they would be like, come on, man, just one shot, just one shot, just one shot. You know this. Anyone who's ever tried to be sober for any fucking period of time around their friends who party, that stuff, come on, man, just one, it's fine. Yeah, like one what? One fucking shot of heroin? One one hook up with a stranger? Like one one more depth into the debt of what I can do to destroy my life? You are not actually fucking supporting me. Why the fuck would I want to be around you right now? And that's one of the things you have to get massive clarity on is the people that you're surrounded by. Because as you're changing, they are going to try to pull you back. They don't like new you. Right. You new you was scary. New you was scary for you, let alone <laughs> for them. Right. And so what happens is you, deeper you get into this journey, the more you actually have to let go. And it's not about being mean. It's not about shaming them. It's not about even fighting or arguing. You just go, this is where I'm at. That's where you are. If we happen to intersect again, I embrace it. But unless that happens, I wish you the best. And Jay-Z said a quote. I think about this whenever this subject comes up. I think about this Simone life. I think about this in dating, relationships, business partnerships, entrepreneurship, healing, my fucking therapist, everything. I think about this one quote when it comes to people, period. Jay Z said this, not me. I wish I fucking said it. <laughs> said, people around you saying that you changed. Well, I didn't do all this work to stay the same.
0: And it comes back back down to, you know, life is hard. You know the the saying, "Choose your heart." It's hard being like you said. You know, being three hundred and fifty pounds, and now. I, what are you half of that, or or even less than half of that, and looking yeah, great? Like Two twelve, and you know it. They're both hard, but which one do you want? You know, choose your hard. So it comes down to it. You know, you're gonna do it. So why, why would you want to stay the same? Why would you want to put in all of that work and effort, or um, even if it doesn't seem like it, you're still putting work and effort into staying the same person. So yeah. why not? You know.
1: It, it takes as much energy to destroy your life as it does to build your life. But the difference between success and failure is the way that you think. And if you are willing to be outside of the scope of what you understand as is who you are and to challenge that narrative of who it is that you are against who you want to be and reconcile the fact that you probably have been set up for failure, that it's true. That you've had a lot of really bad things happen to you and you say, okay, and, and you get to this point in your life where you ask yourself this question, which will, I swear to God, it will change your life. What am I willing to do to have the life that I want to have? And if you can get to the answer like I did, which is no excuses, just results, your life will be incredibly different. Now it might take
0: 15 years, but you got time, right? And I mean, you pretty much answered my next question, but it was going to be, you know, I truly believe that it all starts in, in your mind. It all starts with mindset, um, you know, getting real with yourself, sitting alone and, and figuring out who you are. And, you know, it, it, even if it's just planting the seed in the beginning, you know, for me before I got into this, this, uh, you know, entrepreneurship and business and everything. And I, I, obviously didn't have a traumatic past like you, but I was in surrounded my, my first job right out of uh, high school. I was in a, a warehouse surrounded by by people who were much older than me. This is what they did their entire lives. They weren't going anywhere else. And I was still young. I was still enthusiastic. I still have my life to live. Um, and I started listening to them. I started giving in. They're saying, you're not going anywhere. You're dangerous. not leaving. You're not, you know, this is who you are now. Just accept it. um, so what would you say for, you know, to someone that is, maybe they just have that seed planted in their head, but how can they really dive full in and really nurture that, that mindset or, or craft the mindset necessary to start this journey?
1: Yeah, well, you have to decide, make a decision. Make a fucking choice about your life. You know, I I think one of the greatest things that ever happened to me in my whole life is the willingness to choose me despite everything, despite rock bottom, despite people. I remember that I'll give you a a really interesting example of this. So I'm working for that fortune 10 company. I think the last year I worked, there, I made like 140 and um, I decided to start my first legal business, which is very important in (laughs) this context. And so I decided to start this business and all my friends said, you're crazy. How You'll never be able to get a better job. You'll never be able to do what you're doing now. I was, dude, I was making more money than all of my friends, every single one of them who all had college degrees and who all were four or five years older than me. I was trumping them in the amount of money that I was making, but I hated my fucking life, man. And so I quit and I started my photography business and I suffered for a minute and it was really, really hard for a couple of years. And then I started getting published in magazines and I started speaking about it. And then I started this other thing and blah, blah, blah. And came one of the highest paid wedding photographers, probably in the country. I was making like 15 grand on a Saturday, dude. Wow. You're going to, you're going to tell me that that job was going to be the end of what I was able to accomplish. You've got to make a fucking decision and take the risk of going all in. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah, it's probably irresponsible, but who gives a shit? You're not going to know what you're capable of doing if you don't do it. And people get so tied. I mean, that's what I was saying earlier. Like Being in that warehouse when I was 18 and looking at these people and the desperation of their eyes, knowing this is where dreams go to die, that's your fucking water cooler talk at the law firm. When the only thing that you want to do is go and write books. That, that's the same thing, man. Like it's different cover, same bed. You know what right. I'm saying? And so the, the truth about it is for those people who are like, I want, I see this vision and want to create this life and I want all these things and I can see it. Well, then fucking do it and shut up. Right. Like, seriously, I know that's like a really harsh thing <laughs> to say, but it ain't going to fucking happen if you don't, because guess what? There's no Disney moment, and nobody's coming to rescue you, and nobody gives a fuck about your dreams. I'm sorry. I hate to break it to you. Dude, if I stopped doing what I did right now, no one would give a shit, right? Why? Because it's my dream. Right. Nobody nobody was in here building the studio with me. They they could have been. Let me be clear about that. But my <laughs> that's not my point. My my point is the thing that you want, you have to create. You have to make it so. And you have to be willing to pay the price. And it might take you ten years. You know, I, I think about this all the time. I've been doing Think Unbroken for six years. Six years, I've coached thousands of people around the world. I have a top 10 podcast on planet Earth. I've interviewed some of the greatest minds known to man. I've been able to create massive change in my life. But nobody was there. Nobody was there when I was speaking to rooms of two. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Right. Nobody was there when nobody read the blog for four years. Nobody was there. Like John Maxwell says it better than anyone people want to do the things that i've done but they don't want to do the things that i had to do
0: right and so i'm going to get to the end of this and start to wrap it up but i guess how would you what how do i want to word this because i don't want to repeat anything but i want you to in your own words kind of encapsulate everything that we talked about and just say, you know, kind of, if you were to sit down with a, a client, for example, you know, someone that you're coaching and they come in and they're at rock bottom and they say, I don't know where else to go, but I know that, you know, you've done it. So help me. Where would you start?
1: Yeah. I mean, dude, that's where it always starts. That's the only reason anyone ever comes to me. The only reason I've ever coached anyone or, or sold a book or had someone listen on podcasts because people want to be able to figure out what's next. And it literally, I know, look, there's no way not to say it. It comes with acknowledgement. Take inventory of where you're actually at right now. Be brutally fucking honest with yourself and get real that you're in this circumstance. Very likely because you put yourself in this circumstance because of your actions. That doesn't mean your actions were not informed by the experiences of your life because they were. And that's where this conversation about letting go and forgiveness and not having culpability about the past, but instead understanding from this moment forward, it's about you. And so it always really truly does start with just simply, can you acknowledge that you played a role in this? I'm sorry, it fucking sucks. Like I hate the fact, like sometimes I think about my life. I'm like, yep, I definitely played a role in that. <laughs> like I did that. That was on me. Nobody made me drink the fifth of Jameson but me. Nobody made me quit that job, but me. Nobody made me go on a healing journey where I traveled the world and I wrote books and I started a podcast and I've coached people and spoke on stages. I mean, Grant Cardone's one of my fucking business partners. How does that happen? because I made a choice. And so when you're in this position and you're at rock bottom and life seems insurmountable, the very first thing I always ask people, what do you need to do today? So tomorrow is different, not better. I don't know what better means. That's I cannot measure better. I have no fucking clue what that means, but I can measure different and I can measure different by simply acknowledging where I'm at today. And then tomorrow, doing the opposite of that. And that creates a difference. And if you're willing to do things differently, then your life will be different, but you have to have patience and you have to have grace and you have to have empathy for yourself. You also have to simultaneously. This is where it gets really weird because the dichotomy is you also have to kick yourself in the fucking ass and make yourself do some shit you don't want to do. And that's where it gets interesting in the mental health conversation. Cause everyone's like, be gentle, be gentle, be gentle. Yes. Be gentle but and go hard because if you don't nobody's going to do it for you
0: right and yeah you know, i i don't know what your take is on on the the general media of today but we live in a very uh babyed culture i guess you could soft say world. very soft world yeah and no one wants to do that the you know kick themselves in the ass. They don't want to look in the mirror and say, you know, I got to do it. This is what I got. You know,
1: no, I dude, I, I think people do, but I think people are afraid to give themselves permission to do that because they think they're beating themselves up.
0: Okay. yes, And you're yes. not,
1: you're, you're not beating yourself up by pushing yourself. You're actually discovering what you're capable of doing. Right. And if you're having a hard day mentally, emotionally, physically, and you actually like for real need a break, Not because you're procrastinating or scared, but you're like, yo, I really need a fucking break today. Take the break. Right. It's fine. And then tomorrow, get your ass back up and go. And, you know, there is a conversation to be had about the hustle mentality and entrepreneurship. And I think that's super dangerous. Dude, I'll, I'll tell you right now, my favorite aspect about being an entrepreneur is that on a Tuesday afternoon, I can go see Top Gun and nobody can stop me because I felt like it. Because I didn't feel like working because I needed a break, right? And so, like, that's the thing about this journey is know thyself. You need to know who you are and be massively clear about that. Because, look, the way that I talk to myself, bro, bro, I promise you, the way I talk to myself, 95% of human beings cannot talk to themselves this way and be successful, because I'm going to push myself to the brink every day because for the first 26 years of my life, I quit every day. And for this next 25, I ain't going to. And so I fucking get on my own ass. Now I'm kind about it. And it kind of sounds like this, get the fuck up and let's go. It is. I don't belittle myself. I don't destroy myself. I don't pull myself over the coals. It's get the fuck up and let's go. And in that, I'm able to build confidence in myself. And so a lot of people do not have confidence. This goes back to where we were talking a minute ago about all these people stop doing the thing that got them to where they had success because they don't have confidence. Right? They quit doing it because it got scary. They quit doing it because it got hard. If you need time, take time. But I assure you, you probably don't actually need as much time as you think you do. What you need to do is face the fear that is in front of you. Stop procrastinating and execute. And when you need kindness, grace, empathy, time off, all of the things that are part of this human experience, and you need to break down and cry because you can't make fucking payroll and you got to go sell your car because you're having a really hard time this quarter. It's okay. Go do it. And then get the fuck back up and keep going.
0: And what are your thoughts on to build confidence comes through competence?
1: Oh, for sure. Well, I mean, think about it. It's everything in life is learned behavior. I, I, uh, let me tell you a little insider secret. I didn't tell you anything original in the last hour. <laughs> None of those thoughts are mine. Not one, right? Where there's eight fucking billion people on planet Earth, you probably listen to as many podcasts as I do. We all like we're all creatures of the same community. But having competency is it, it, it's a it's a parallel, right? Because as you gain competency, you gain confidence. But the only way you gain confidence is through doing incredibly difficult things all the time, which then create competency, which then it becomes this full circle. And so the the thing is just the continuation of understanding that when you adopt the mindset of the willingness to learn, along that journey, you will grow confidence. And I think that's the thing that people often miss out about. And, you know, Grant Cardone said something really interesting Um, That actually really impacted me a lot because I was Mr. 60 books a year guy and I was reading like, I don't know, I've probably literally read like five or 600 books in my life. I have no idea. I've forgotten at this point, but that was the point. I had no competency in any book I've ever read and and recently i went through hermosi's book alex hermosi if you don't know him 100 million dollar offers which is arguably shout out to him arguably probably the greatest business book ever written like seriously <laughs> um, it's so it's so have you read
0: it yes yes it's sitting on my it's desk so right now ta-
1: yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's so tactical and, and and practical. It's unbelievable. And then I, I heard Grant Cardone, as I was reading this the first time last year, say part of people's problems, they never get competency. They never learn the thing that they're trying to learn. They go to the next thing, next thing, next thing. And so the point I'm making in saying this is... Go and really learn the thing that's in front of you before you try to go and learn the other thing so that you can build confidence in that thing that you're learning so that you can execute it not only in your life but also in your business. If I rewind to about seven years ago, I got a personal training and nutritionist certification from ACE because I needed to have competency in my body. I needed to understand how to lose weight more effectively and efficiently, how to be healthier, how to put better food in my body, how to move my body better. And so I dove into education, which then created more confidence for me when I was in the gym or when I was eating or when I was whatever. And so, yes, you're spot on and it's secular and it takes one to have the other.
0: Right. And I mean, that's all it comes down to that's, you know, I feel like that. This last part is definitely what my audience, um, no, not everyone, some are more successful than others, but I think this is what they need to take away from it. This is uh, how you get to that next level is just by doing those things, getting confident or getting competence and confidence all in one circular motion. And I mean, it's life. You know, there's going to be those days where, like you said, you're not going to, you're going to have those times where you're just, I can't do it today. Mm -hmm. Okay. Tomorrow, get back at it or, or even take a couple hours off and get back at it halfway through the day, whatever it is. So, um, before we wrap this up and I want you to obviously promote whatever it is that you're, you're doing right now. Um, any last things that you can give, like, yeah, little tokens for, for our audience.
1: Yeah. You know, I love this entrepreneur show. I mean, I I started my first business when I was eight years old, so it's in my DNA. Like it truly is. And, and the one thing that I will say to people, you know, entrepreneurship is a fad right now. Let's call it what it is. A whole lot of people are about to get a real rude awakening over the course of the next couple of years about what entrepreneurship really entails. And so just again, I'll go back to it. Just know know who you are. Be honest with yourself. It's okay not to be an entrepreneur. It is. It's totally fine not to have a side hustle. Like go work your fucking job. Go be happy in your life. Go build whatever you want. You do not have to be the next
0: whomever. The only thing you need to do is be you. Right. And I think a lot of people get caught up in that. Because, you know, the, the mass media, they're always all these ads that we see all oh, be like me, be like this person, be like, uh, you know, how many people actually stop and say, I'm okay with being, I'm going to be the next me, you know, rather than somebody yep. else. So, um, okay. And then, um, so yeah, let, let us know what are you currently working on any offers and where can people find you? Yeah. So
1: everything I do is literally for free. Um, so you can, I'm Michael Unbroken. I have nothing to sell you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, seriously, you can go download um, Think Unbroken on PDF or ebook. If you go to book.thinkunbroken.com, uh, that's the first book I wrote. Uh, it's about really the framework and baseline of understanding and overcoming childhood trauma. Um, it's, book.thinkunbroken.com. If you want to buy the book, I don't give a shit. It's there for free. Everything I create is free on the Think Unbroken podcast. Everything I teach is for free everywhere, literally, because my only mission is to end generational trauma in my lifetime through education and information.
0: Awesome. I'll be checking that out. <laughs> I'll be I'll definitely be reading your book. Um I think I'll probably buy it too just out of support. Um well then Thank you for coming on on a Saturday in the middle of the afternoon. Um, I really appreciate it. And I think that our audience will definitely uh, get a lot of value from this one. This is in all aspects. We kind of hit everything, you know, just how to live your life. Sure, brother. It's my pleasure. Awesome. All right. Well, we will talk soon. I'll see you.